This Morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre. Presented by Abe's Door Service. With 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. All right, 6.05, we'll uh, get right to it here. We've been following this story for the last uh, couple of days and uh, news uh, overnight that a Canadian military surveillance aircraft has detected underwater noises as this massive search goes on for a submersible that vanished Sunday while uh, taking five people on a four-kilometer trek down to the wreck of the Titanic. Mike Armstrong is a correspondent with Global National. He's joining us from the East Coast. Michael, or Mike, wake, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Uh, what can you tell us, Mike, about the the noises? We just mentioned them, but uh, how much do we know about them and whether they point to something positive? Yeah, as you said, those sounds were picked up by Canadian P-3 aircraft. So it's been dropping sonar boys into the water for the last couple of days and listening for sound. So according to the U.S. Coast Guard, uh, that aircraft picked up underwater noises of some sort yesterday our ships in the area launched remotely operated vehicles into the water to look in that area and nothing has been found the coast guard says that the data of what it was heard is being shared with sort of the partners that are taking part as well as um, being analyzed uh, people have done searches in the past for uh, planes uh, ships things like that say sometimes sounds are picked up um, that aren't what you're looking for so that could be what we're talking about here but that there, are, there are also reports that there would be some sort of a uh, sort of a cyclical nature uh, that they were happening um, repeatedly, uh, and it sounded like banging. There are reports out there saying that that would be great news, but that is certainly not what the Coast Guard is saying to this point. Mike, it's a real race against time right now, uh, isn't it? I mean, uh, that uh, we we've heard about the oxygen limit on that uh, on that vessel, and uh, that it runs out within hours here uh, by tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's a huge search. I'm in St. John's, uh, Newfoundland, which has become sort of a staging area. Um, it's sort of the closest spot, 600 and some odd clicks. Uh, from the Titanic wreck site. So things are being moved here so that they can get to the search site as quickly as possible. Uh, just to give you an idea about like sort of the Canadian involvement and what's going on here, we knew that the C-130, Canada had a C-130 in the air and that P-3 aircraft also, but on the on the water, there are several ships involved. But the Canadian Coast Guard, uh, from where I am, I'm on Signal Hill in, in St. John's actually, and we could see the, the Coast Guard ship, the Terry Fox, uh, take off just about 25 minutes ago and head out uh, into the ocean. Um, the Coast Guard also has the Ann Harvey and the John Cabot on the way out there, and the Navy has the HMCS Glace Bay. Uh, which, what's interesting about that ship is it has a uh, hyperbaric uh, depressurization mm. chamber. That's something that might be needed if the men, and hopefully, uh, you know, can't come up to the surface, but if they come up too quickly, they might have to be put into that chamber. The Gl- Glace Bay also has special medical personnel headed to the search site. Uh, so St. John's Newfoundland, but that's a long way away from the site, isn't it? Isn't that quite a ways away? It is, but it's considerably closer than uh, the U.S. East Coast, so mm-hmm. that's why this became the staging area. Mm. Uh, it's fascinating and frightening and horrifying all at the same time. Is is there any way to put another submersible down? Or I'd heard some uh, indication that a uh, robotic unmanned submersible being sent down to look around, but talk about a needle in a haystack. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, there is a ship already there, the Deep Energy. That has a remotely operated uh, sort of unmanned drone. So that they are using that. There's a French ship, the Adelante, that also has an ROV, but it's about still about 40 hours out. And an American plane actually took off from Buffalo and arrived here in St. John's last night. That was delivering another ROV um, that could go down. Mm. Um, so that might have actually been what was on the Terry Fox. I don't know that for sure. Yeah. But those vehicles, this is interesting, they can go down. Uh, and look around, but they don't have the ability to perhaps dislodge uh, the Titan if it's stuck on something. They don't have the ability uh, to tow it back to the surface. Um, but at least if they were to find it, there would be you know, an opportunity for perhaps some creativity to try and figure out a way to get it back up. All right, Mike, uh, thanks for joining us this morning with the very latest. We appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, Mike Armstrong joining us from uh, Newfoundland this morning. Boy, oh boy. Well, yeah, it's pulling out all the stops literally in order to try and get to them because, they, like you said, the time is running out. Uh, by tomorrow, there won't be any oxygen left in there. Uh, we were talking a little earlier this morning about um, trying to, to, to visualize what they might be going through and the, 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 the submersible they're in. It is not big. The actual area where these five people are in is, has been described as being about the size of the interior of a minivan. Mm-hmm. So, you know, an old minivan uh, somewhere. That's not an awful lot of room. In the middle of the ocean. Yeah, at the bottom of the ocean. Ocean. Which is yeah, also and so they're, uh, the editor of National Geographic, uh, Kristen Romney, saying today that the crew is lost in an incredibly dangerous environment, which is, quote, not a place that humans were ever meant mm. to be. And it was interesting, uh, there was a science writer by the name of David Pogue. Uh, he rode uh, on this Titan submarine and he talked about part of the safety waiver that he had to mm-hmm. uh, sign. And part of that waiver said, quote, an experimental submersible vessel that has not been approved or certified by any regulatory body and could result in physical injury, disability, emotional trauma, or death. That's what it said before he uh, just signed off and said, yeah, yeah I and do. Th- those waivers are always going to yeah. be, we you know, release you from any, anything happens, it's not your fault. But uh, it's interesting afterward to hear about mm-hmm. it. So David Pogue, there was also from him a video coming up where he was sort of uh, talking about, it seemed to be a bit jury, jury-rigged, you know, that there was a PlayStation controller to steer things and, and just lights from a, from a local Home Depot or something to yeah, that yeah, effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, he then said afterwards that another thing that it was, it was, it was, there were tons of safety features on it. I mean, I, I know the people who run the company. I know some of the people on this week's trip. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of freaking out and, and also wondering how it's possible. I mean, there is a lot of safety, a lot of checklists, a lot of redundant systems built into this thing. It must have been something really freakish. How is it possible something really freakish? To me, it would seem like it was, you know, it, it kind of would go hand in hand mm-hmm. with the the depths that you're going to, what you're doing in this type of craft. Uh, you know how uh, these days you're, you're using uh, little tags to put in your luggage so you uh-huh. can find it wherever it goes. <laughs> put an air that? tag in it? Yeah, well, <laughs> there's no tracker on this yeah. thing. Where is it? Wouldn't you think if you were going into that kind of a dangerous situation... And needle in a haystack. Mm. It's not just at the bottom of the ocean. There's nothing anywhere near it that you would have a tracker on this thing of some form, some kind of a beacon that says, this is where we are. Yeah, and that wasn't part of it. Uh, this thing had gone missing before. It was, it was, it it had gone out of communications for about five hours on yeah. a previous trip. Wouldn't that be your little cue to 
have a safety feature? Just it, it, then, it just takes me back to the actual sinking of the Titanic. Uh, how many years ago now, and and what that must have been like for those who were overboard in the water at that time, and who were in those. Um, Life lifeboats um, waiting to be rescued out literally in the middle of the ocean with nothing but, you know, screams and cries and stars and icebergs. Well, and that's the other thing, you know, some people, it, it depends on how you look at it. Should you even be there? Like you said, that's not really where humans are supposed to go. But then again, we've stretched that envelope. We have, and we are continuing we to do that. Go to space. Even more. Go into the depths of the ocean. So uh, that is part and parcel of, I guess, just what we do. Mm-hmm. We try to get there. I keep in mind, even as they're out there, there are some weather conditions that are they're a little rough as well. So all this, all this, these resources trying to find these people, they're also battling the weather and the elements as well as the depths and then and the extreme. Uh, distance. You know, what's what's really interesting, too, is that some of those surveillance aircraft that mm-hmm. they're using out there right now, uh, they talked about the, the, the P-3, P-3, I think that's the American one, but the Canadian one is the Aurora. actually got to spend some time on the Aurora uh, last month mm-hmm. and, and learning about it and what they do. And the fact is, is that they cover a massive, massive uh, area off the off both coasts. I mean, this is their job uh, to find. In their cases, mainly you know submarines and that sort of stuff. Um, and and in the equipment that they have is really really quite remarkable. But again. Needle in a haystack. Well, and also, I don't, and maybe you can tell me, mm. is, it, is it designed to go to those depths? Submarines, well, yeah. in, in any kind of a, a military aspect, no. do not go that far. No, and, and so what these would do, they go over and they shoot out kind of the bottom, these uh, almost like a, like a microphone with a parachute on it and yeah. it drops down the and, buoys that Mike, yes. Mike was talking about and, and that's it and then it picks up things right mm-hmm. and then it's like okay well that picks you know, okay well, still uh, if it picks up a noise there I don't know the scope, the 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 uh, the ground that that would cover as it's going down four kilometers to the bottom of the ocean, yeah, right? Exactly. Um, but <sighs> there are there are great people doing great work out there trying yeah. to to find them with the search and rescue crews. And um, boy, oh boy, yeah, it's interesting. We got a message in from uh, from Dino on the on the text line, just going you know needle in a haystack, as I had mentioned. But they're, they're saying, well, they're probably in the area of the Titanic, wouldn't they be? So maybe it, it narrows. Yeah, it does, but. What happened? If the Could propulsion still in? works. If it still works, where did they go? Did did they have problems halfway down? Did they make it all the way to the bottom? Did they float elsewhere? Mm-hmm. So there's still an enormous area that they have to try and cover to try and find them. Mm. Uh, tough job. We'll keep you updated uh, right here on 6.30, Chad, as uh, news uh, as news happens, mm-hmm. as more information comes in. But boy, oh boy, as we said, time is certainly running out. Back in a moment. service where service is their specialty proud sponsor of this morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre all right, 618, let's bring it a little closer to home. First day of summer today, and yet we've been talking about just bizarre weather. It's been so hot in the early part of spring, mm-hmm. and then we got into the forest fires, and now 
the much-needed rain, but then too much rain. Just the, the situation around Edson and Yellowhead County has just been purely staggering. You've had snow uh, over by Hinton and into Jasper, but the flooding in Edson yeah. it's just been ridiculous. Yeah, it's uh, it's off the charts and uh, just causing more grief. You go from you know being evacuated because uh, you know the potential that your house mm. is going to uh, be destroyed to next thing you know you're on alert because of floods, because of uh, you know all of the rain, the much-needed rain. Mm. But uh, it would have been uh, a little bit easier to handle if it didn't all come down at once. Yeah, floods around piers as well. Global's Morgan Black has a little bit more on what they are facing. This hose is one of many working to keep a community above water. In the hamlet of piers, rain poured as many neighbors lost sight of the ground and their property. Non-stop rain. It's up till today. It's about three day and three night. People wandered the hamlet Tuesday to see how rain had transformed familiar spots. That morning, a shelter-in-place was ordered for the south parts of Piers. The current too strong for the bridge. I've never seen it this flooded, and I've been here 19 years. Yellowhead County has gone from widespread wildfire to extreme rainfall in less than a month. George Carnegie has had to leave home three times due to county evacuation orders. It was Mother Nature getting back at us as humans that we're what we're doing to her planet. And that's the way I looked at it. Nearby, the town of Edson got more rain in a few days than it usually sees in a month. A main road will remain closed because of water damage. Mayor Kevin Zahara could see that water levels had started to recede by Tuesday afternoon moved up throughout the day yesterday and was to the top level of that bridge. You can see the water lines there on the brick and so uh, it has come down quite significantly. He knows the community is going through a lot right now, only just returning home. One step at a time, do the best we can in this situation. We know people are stressed out. Uh, this has been a lot to deal with, but we'll get to, through it together. The rain finally stopped Tuesday, giving many people a brief moment of reprieve. The mayor says it's much needed. Happy to see the sun shine out. We do need precipitation. The wildfire danger is still there, but uh, we need it in smaller amounts. From Piers, Morgan Black, Global News. Kevin Zahara, you're hearing from in that. And then uh, you have the Yellowhead mm -hmm. County Mayor, Wade Williams, had an interesting way of putting it, too. It has quit raining, and uh, there's little bits of sunshine, so that's a good thing. So hopefully the water levels won't continue to rise much more than they have. Yeah, it's been a real, uh, been a real rodeo here, uh, from the fires to the, to to the rain, and then to the snow up there that took out the power line to the, one of the hamlets. Oh, it's been a rodeo, all right, back and forth, oh, and whiplash, boy. and the whole thing. So, uh, um, yeah, and you know the river's rising, North Saskatchewan is is rising. Mm -hmm. We drive over the bridge like so many people do uh, in 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 Edmonton every day, and you can see it. You saw how low it was, and you just see it coming up. And they're saying that if you're down in the River Valley, especially if you like some of the trails, that sort mm -hmm. of stuff, keep in mind because uh, there could be... Um well, they could be covered in water. Yeah, some of those <laughs> lower trails uh, would be end up covered. Uh, it shouldn't last for a long time. It's not like a spring melt, I don't think. It's it's yeah. rain melt. So once this 
goes down, it yeah. should recede again. It's just a matter of how much higher it'll get. But with the rain stopping, it should start to, yeah. to knock, uh, come back down again. But uh, the, the increased current level, the increased amount of water, uh, we were talking to the riverboat owner, yeah, the yes. riverboat. So, you know, this was a little, not a little bit of concern. They were aware of yeah. it. But that could also uh, create some difficulty down around there, too. So Accidental Beach has disappeared again. <laughs> you guys ever go down to Accidental Beach? I did never. I, no, I never went down there. No, no, either did I. It was uh, quite popular. I just... Eh. I didn't need to. It was, it was a fun little moment yep. in time. <laughs> the accident. Just, we're so desperate to find us to find, find a, a beach, beach in Alberta, right? <laughs> in oh, in, in Edmonton, it's a bit of a drive to, to actually get to one. So yeah, without a doubt. So all right, but that's the that's the latest. And again, the good news and um, is a chance of showers today, mm-hmm. but warm and sunny right through Saturday. Then again, Sunday a chance of showers, but then sunny again. So um, <laughs> the snow will melt. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And, the other thing is the snow. I'm knocking out power lines like Wade Williams well, was talking about. And I wonder about this too, though. If you have all that snow then up in the mountains, and that's got to melt and it's mm. got to come down somewhere too, right? So yeah, I suppose. Yeah, this reminds me, my mom used to say back in the day after it had been really, really, really dry. She's going, no, what we need is a good three-day rain. So yeah. sort of in, in rural worth. That's if you got a three-day rain, then it finally soaked the ground mm. substantially and gets you out of uh, that really dry situation. Uh, that went on a little bit more than three days. It felt like. Oh so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm terrified to go look at my garden. I haven't. I haven't made the venture in the rain. <laughs> I'm terrified to be see brave. what it looks like. I know. Do it today as the sun shines. Yes, I will. And you might be okay.